0: A AMISTRO HAZARTA ADE FATTIR MADRE GIVE ME THE POWER I, I think OF YOU! Stop. AWAKE!
1: You are all going to die tonight Shut it off! KANDA
0: Shut it off!
1: KANDA I'm drawing a line in the bucket of sand here. Do not read the Latin. Read it. Hello, everyone. I am Rias Hall, and this is Don't Read the Latin. <laughs> and this is Jennifer Lovely. Yay! And Yay. Um, <laughs> I think we're getting ready to start this show, so let's start it. Yeah. What have you
0: been watching lately?
1: I have a list. So I've not been watching a lot of horror lately because... I was really scared I'm that I hadn't watched sh- any, because... I'm just pretty stressed out in general lately, because I'm <laughs> looking for a job. Please hire me. Yeah. And um, looking for a job, and I just watch... I'm watching things that kind of relax me, and one of the things I stumbled across was something I've been hearing about for a long time, mm-hmm. and it's an anime called Yuri on Ice. Okay. It is, I think, eight episodes long... it might be 12 episodes, it's super short and it is about this guy named Yuri who is an ice skater and he's on like, he's like 24 so it's his last season that he can professionally skate and in the season before he humiliated himself terribly during one of the big competitions and was just deeply embarrassed and so he's gained a lot of weight and he goes home to stay with his family and never ice skate again And he catches the eye of this guy named Victor. And Victor is the David Bowie of ice skating. He is the... (coughs) (laughs) Don't say that while I'm drinking. (laughs) Victor is this perfect, beautiful, amazing ice skater who has won every gold medal. And he ends up taking an interest in Yuri and coming to be his ice skating coach. And and during the course of the show, they kind of fall in love with each other. And it's not goofy it's not overtly sexual in any way Mm -hmm. it is just wonderful and sweet and i watched it with my boyfriend monty and he was like this is amazing and and each episode you learn something about ice skating like in one episode he's got to make a certain score and they explain how the scoring system works so you learn a lot about ice skating while you're watching this sweet and funny cartoon that's also kind of a love story and absolutely the best thing in the world when you're having a rough day.
0: Yeah, I had the, the time up to my wedding. I was completely in comfort, comfort TV mm-hmm. zone. And I'm kind of past that where I'm like needing, but where I'm finding I'm doing that is a lot in my reading. Like I am just reading just utter fluff. <laughs> hey, lately. that's
1: not bad. No. Uh For my other podcast...
0: The oh. Night Library. <laughs> I just had to
1: read reread uh, interview with the vampire, and um, how was that reread? That book is much more problematic than I remembered it. <laughs> it's a lot of it was a lot of fun to reread it, but I'm looking forward to getting back to garbage horror about yeah. killer jack o' lanterns again. Yeah, <laughs> but that was also a secret plug for my other show, well, The Night Library.
0: Well, I, I will very happily provide you uh, the ability to talk about. Plus. Yes,
1: <laughs> and um, <laughs> other things I've been I've been watching. I started watching Castlevania on Netflix, which is an anime, but it's not the style of anime that I like, so I'm yeah. not really into it. Um, today, I finished off my rewatch of Hannibal season two. Oh, my goodness, things happen in that season. Oh, my So God. much stuff happens. We
0: started watching, uh, we're through season um, one, and we're a couple of episodes into season two, um, but we've just, like, you know, we've been watching all the comfort stuff, and yeah. like, right now all of the fall TV shows are starting. Right. So we've been um, catching up on Supergirl and The Flash, which we also refer to as the Dammit Barry mm-hmm. show. Um, but, yeah, no, I was... We've watched a lot of television. I also, um Yeah. I know you weren't a huge fan of the first season of Channel Zero. Um not really. A yeah. lot of horror
1: television like kind kind of flat. I loved the uh one costume. That the, the tooth, tooth boy. boy, yeah. Oh, I love that costume.
0: So there have been four seasons now, I believe. Um, and so I'm starting the second season. Um excuse me. <coughs> Uh, I felt I felt a cough sneaking up on me. Right,
1: the first season the was f- Candle Cove. The second season was the House with No That Doesn't End.
0: Uh, yeah, the the isn't it the Nowhere House ha- or the, something no, like the that. No End House, the No End so House. We watched yeah. the very first episode; it was fantastic. Um, I'm really looking forward to watching more of that. Um, and then uh, with Tekla and Jim, we've been watching um, an old Avengers cartoon. They basically there were two of them. One of them Jim despises. And then the one he loves, um, which is called *Avenger* Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. And the reason why he loves it is it has a lot of female characters mm-hmm. in it. Uh, the Wasp is one of the major characters. And when they stopped it and then um, basically rebooted it... Um, gosh, what was the the next one? It says Earth's Mightiest Heroes, Avengers I think the other one's just called Avengers Assemble. But they basically got rid of all of the female characters and yeah. the Wasp and um, kind of tailored it a little bit more towards the movies. Um, yeah. rather than the original comics. And then, um... So, you, the, like, the couple of female characters they have, like, did kind of, like, little tiny cameos, but weren't allowed to be primary characters anymore. But anyway, we've been watching it with Tekla because we've been watching some of the Marvel movies with her, mm-hmm. also. And so to give her kind of... Because, you know, we've kind of been picking and choosing what Marvel movies we show her, because sure, some of kid. them... Cause she's a kid. Because she's kid. Because she's nine. Um, but we've been watching that with her. Uh, in horror, um... Let's see. Uh I showed for uh horror movie Friday, I showed Happy Death Day,
1: which um I know I've talked about before, but it's um really funny. People have keep telling me to watch it and I've been wanting to um last Friday I just was not up to I wasn't up to a horror no, film. No, your are was sort. bothering
0: you. Yeah. I really liked it and um the I well not Being a huge fan of the Universal haunts, um, I did think quite a bit of the way they styled uh, the Happy Death Day haunt. Right, because um, you keep coming and back, back into, into the bedroom. Because
1: Happy Death Day, if you haven't seen it, it's is it's Groundhog like, Day. It's a Groundhog Day as a horror film. Yeah. Every day she repeats this day where she gets murdered yeah. at the end of it. Yeah. And it always starts off in the same room. So the Universal Studio haunt, you keep coming we back, back into that, that room. And it's just which it was is awesome. really cool.
0: Stylistically the haunts were fantastic. It's just as haunts where you're there hoping to catch you and scare you. It didn't wasn't terribly successful. Uh Overlord we went and saw in the theater and it was um a lot oh, of fun. Oh that's a World
1: War II horror movie yeah, isn't it?
0: Yeah and uh, you know um medical experimentation uh and it was a lot of fun not terribly deep but it was very very tense and it had um Wyatt Russell who is Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell's son and it was funny because uh, he's playing this character that is, you know, they have this platoon, I guess it would be, that is flying in. Um, and they're trying to take this one tower out before they do the D-Day. Right. Um, right, right, Coming in. And he's like the one guy who isn't a part of their unit. He's like the one. He's order. the outsider. He's the outsider. <laughs> And, you know, the whole show is really good, and I'm really enjoying the whole thing. Then towards the end of the movie, where he's just beat to hell, and his face is bloody, and all of a sudden the camera catches him just right, and I'm like,
1: Oh my god, that's Kurt Russell's that's son! That's
0: Kurt Russell's son! <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, waited in, in, until the credits roll, and I was looking, yep, that, was, that is exactly who it was. But it was a lot of oh, fun. awesome. One of
1: the movies and, on my list stars Kurt Russell.
0: Oh,
1: So we'll be talking about that later. Um,
0: Um, For uh, Jen's documentary Corner, uh, I watched Feminist, What Were They Thinking? Uh, It was a Netflix documentary, and it is absolutely fantastic. It's talking about primarily about second wave feminism. Mm -hmm. uh, And basically there was this one photographer who really felt that women were looking different now that... The, the feminist movement was going so strong. It was changing their faces. It was changing the way they presented they themselves. They looked
1: hard and manly.
0: And <laughs> they looked amazing and strong. Same and, thing. <laughs> and she did this beautiful photo book of, of all of these women that were working in the feminist movement. And it's interviewing them. Uh, now looking back on their lives, on what they were fighting for then, what they feel like they're still fighting for now, um, it's it's really hard being. And I'm I'm someone who proudly calls myself a feminist. And there's a lot of women who who don't like the word feminist anymore. Yeah, it's
1: become a dirty word in some ways, yeah. which is ridiculous.
0: And. And it was really interesting hearing uh, interviews with younger women in the documentary uh, talking about why they did have issue with it or why they do have issue with it. Um, It it completely won my heart when um, it started talking to a lot of women of color, talking about how feminism then and feminism now is failing them.
1: Yeah, because feminism as even though women of color have been a huge part of it Yeah. it's always been focused on white women white yeah which yep yeah
0: which a lot like of the time like everything else in her country a lot country. of the time we fuck it up <laughs> um but it was really it was a great take and it's it's really hard to discount or it's really easy to discount the work that second wave feminists did because there are times where again they are they're creatures of their time where they will say things that come out badly now or yeah. you know and but the thing is it's like like anybody give them an opportunity to reassess but you know we are we are part of where we've been that right you know, i
1: i know that there are women from other generations who still do a lot of victim blaming. Yes. Yeah. Well, she went out dressed like that. What did she expect? Because that is what you were taught yeah. from your parents. Yeah. And it's hard. It takes a while to unlearn that.
0: Yep. But it was just, it was a fantastic. It was, I, love, I love documentaries and things where you get to look at different aspects of their life. And especially, and I love things that recognize, especially women uh, older you know, in their 60s, 70s, 80s. I
1: I love... Oh my god, I saw an amazing documentary that you were gonna love, but it's only on VHS. Do you have a VHS player? Yes. I will bring it over. (laughs) I will rent it and bring it over. Have you met me? I have VHS, I have Laserdisc. (laughs) It's about this, it's like a short half-hour documentary. It's about these women who met in a all women jazz band in the 1940s you talk and are still about a couple this. and Aww. it's just so awesome and they have been through so much I and I this. think they're an interracial couple nice, which yeah it, well, it's a really great well, documentary I would bring it make. over but
0: but no that's wonderful and and I love I just love things that talk about women still existing still speaking and being loud and being present at at every age so it's just very important to me uh, saw a whole bunch of Christmas stuff. We you know we watched. We went and saw Nutcracker in the theater, which was adorable, and watched A Christmas Story, which is only like the second time of watching it because I didn't grow up watching that movie. Um, you know, can't get a red Rider BB gun; you'll shoot your eye out. Yeah. Um, and it was charm It was just as charming as the it's first charming. time I saw it. I I just don't love it the way I so tend many to do.
1: find things with narrations like that really cloying. Yeah. When there's a narrator going, telling you everything. Um, I really wanted to watch Brian Fuller's show, Pushing Daisies. Oh, and the but narrator. But the narrator, narrator is, and it's just so twee. And I know <laughs> I love Brian Fuller, but I just, I couldn't make it through that.
0: I have been, um, because we've been watching Hannibal, and I don't know if Jim would like Pushing Daisies, but I really want to show him the very first of his TV series that I really liked. Um, God, it was the one that took place in Niagara Falls.
1: Oh, it was, uh, something Falls. Yeah. Eden Falls.
0: Yeah. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. But, uh, I will show that. I will write that afterwards. Yeah. Um, but it.
1: We'll it, figure out what it's called.
0: It's just adorable and wonderful. And it's, um. It,
1: it is super magical.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, um, I kind of, we you know, we've hit a point where we're, um, tossing out ideas for podcast themes and so if you have any listeners if you have any ideas of things you'd love to hear us um revisit or
1: uh talk about um uh please suggest them i came yeah, up- we have a facebook page yes for don't read the latin <laughs> and uh we will check it regularly and if you have questions or just want to talk to us let us know
0: yeah uh so the theme that uh, i suggested for this week was horror in a house. Um, For so many reasons, if it's a haunting, or if it's home invasion, or if it's...
1: I took that differently. Oh. Mine, I thought you meant horror in a single location. No. That's okay, plenty of, yeah, because I had Dawn, um, my my first movie is Dawn of the Dead. It takes place entirely inside of a (laughs) shopping mall.
0: Though I would love to do single location that, um, at some point. Okay, well,
1: I have a list of movies that take place in a house. So some of the movies I have on my list I can still use. All so right.
0: Well, and I have like my primary five. Um and then I have a couple of one offs too that I don't quite hold as in high in this theme. Because um, I just can't do only five. I try. Um, but I fail. So horror in a house which I need to learn to enunciate. Horror in a house.
1: Yeah, okay, this is this your list?
0: Uh no, right here. So so the ones in squares are my primary ones.
1: Okay, good. I don't have any of those. <laughs> some of your ones that are starred, I have. Okay. But yeah, okay, I got five. I've got some primaries.
0: <laughs> so it's, why don't you throw out your first one? Or we could just pull out, throw out the best one.
1: Oh, uh, no. Um, we'll start. <laughs> I'll start with... Um, Rosemary's Baby. Uh-huh. Now, Rosemary's Baby does not take place entirely in the brownstone. There's a scene where she goes to the doctor. There's a couple scenes out of it, but for the most part, it's an it's takes place in that one building. Um, I absolutely love this movie. Um, directed by Roman Polanski. It came out in sixty-seven. Am I wrong?
0: Sixty-eight. Sixty-eight.
1: It's got Mia Farrow, John Cassavetes, and Ruth, Ruth Gordon. Gordon. And a lot of why I like it is because it talks of it, it shows the banality of evil. Movies in general, if there's a cult of Satan worshippers, they're pretty much young people, teenagers, um,
0: early twenty somethings. Early twenty somethings.
1: But I really loved that in Rosemary's Baby, the the Satan worshippers were old people. They had been at this for a while. Yeah. Um, and especially because it plays on the it plays on the preconceptions we have about old people, like Ruth Gordon. They're going to be nice. Yeah, Ruth Gordon is their next-door neighbor, and she brings them this, Here, wear this necklace. It'll help. It's an old folk tradition. Drink this smoothie that I made. It's full of vitamins. And, of course, because you're friends with the old lady next door, you you're gonna they she does it and i think that that's much more interesting as a face of evil than like a guy in a hockey mask yes um i also enjoy the character of her husband who is so anxious to get in this apartment and who's trying to be who's so supportive but the entire time is manipulating her. Yep. And John Cassavetes does such a great job in that role. And it really... I found a lot more to enjoy. Because I... I've it's only really seen, scary.
0: It is. And I've only seen Rosemary's Baby twice. And I, I think I saw it. I was just... I did not have... This is a phrase I used to use a long time ago that I, I don't think I've said in a while. But um, I don't think I had enough life under my belt. The first watching I had of Rosemary's Baby... To understand the pathos of her situation, or understand how trapped she felt due to the, like the time frame, right? Because a young, a young wife in that era, era, you were just kind of trapped. Yeah, and and plus there is so much where you're really pushed to be ladylike. Right, you want to be a neighbor, and and you good to be a good wife, and you want to be a good wife and
1: a good mother. Yeah, and that's what you have been raised to be for your whole life. And Rosemary's Baby really touches on that. It has a lot of a feminist subtext about how women were treated and still are about what a woman's role is. And um, I really, really like it.
0: And um, spoilers for Rosemary's Baby, because I just I really feel so strongly that this is such an important moment in that movie is, is the finale where she says, I'm going to. I'm going to stay, I'm going to raise him, right. I'm not going to run away, because I have a feeling there are so many people who are going to look at that going, oh, she bent to their will, like, oh, she's just going to be a mother. Um, This is the most emboldened, strong fight that she could possibly do, is to stay.
1: Yeah. And try. Because she can leave at that point, they've got what they want from her. Yeah. And she's like, no, I hear my, I hear a baby crying in that other room. I know my baby's not dead. And whatever. And then she looks at it and it's, we never they see it. They do this
0: flash. Well, they do the flash of There's the a, eyes. a
1: brief flash of these burning yellow eyes or something.
0: But I, I get angry And then angry she they, reaches
1: out and accepts the baby. Yeah. Which.
0: It, it's just when people discount the strength of that in the way that they discount um, the wife and the shine. Of the fact that the strength in what is done day to day to keep everything going and how hard they fight. Mm -hmm. Um, I hate when that is written off as just, you know, being womanly or motherly. Like, because it discounts, like, the power in that to me. Anyway.
1: (laughs) All right. What's your first movie?
0: My first movie is one of my... You know, of the last like seven years, he's become one of my very, very favorite directors, and it's uh, Mike Flanagan's *Hush*.
1: Um, oh, I didn't really like that movie, so we can talk about it. <laughs> Yay!
0: <laughs> I love it. Uh, there are not that many movies, and there are not that many horror movies that are to have a main protagonist who's deaf, and it's kind of amazing how how the entire home invasion changes when someone can't hear. Uh, and it's just all done really really well uh, a Gal- uh, is god what is his name something gallagher um is like the, the the serial killer he's the serial killer and um he's terrifying because he's he's not this huge guy I mean he's kind of the Robert England of you know of modern day because he's not. Huge and terrifying. He's kind of this slighter, kind of nevish-looking man. Um, that when you do see him, you don't think, "Oh my god, that person inspires terror in me." But he is terrifying in this role. Um, and I just, uh, I, he the the director still manages to throw in those like unreliable narrator moments that. Each time they happen, I still appreciate them, Mm -hmm. and it's never become the, oh, it's a twist moments for me, Uh, and I just think it's just a fantastic movie.
1: See, I didn't like it that much, Um, and I can't really put my finger on why, which makes this a bad Mm. argument.
0: (laughs) Just didn't like it. It just wasn't your bag, but that's
1: okay. It reminded me a lot of a movie that's an older movie called Wait Until Dark,
0: and that is about... yeah, with uh, Hepburn.
1: Yeah, Audrey Hepburn, and um, yeah, this she plays a woman who is blind, and a man breaks into her house Was there to a murder writer, her. a
0: writer or director of that movie just recently I, passed? I don't know. I anyway, but yes.
1: I'm not sure, because I didn't, because all the movies I researched were the ones I wanted to do, but yeah, they're not they don't take place in a house so i don't have research on them because
0: yeah (laughs) oh no i just i i saw something come up recently but
1: well i know the guy that directed don't look now passed yeah and i always get they might be could be the same director (laughs) but um it's i really like it it's based on a play it's really creepy and it is also the deal of someone who is Missing one of their senses, trying to use what they have to survive. Yeah. Uh, So, what's your next film? Um, I don't know. (laughs) My next film is one we've already talked about on here called Dave Made a Maze.
0: Oh my god, I love this movie so much. And not only
1: does Dave Made a Maze take place inside of Dave's house, but Dave's wife, Dave's girlfriend, has gone out of town and he has built a cardboard box maze in the living room. And from the outside, it's like six cardboard boxes stretched together.
0: In his, like, in his living room. Yeah, in room. his living
1: room. And his wife, his girlfriend, comes home from her vacation or wherever she's been for the weekend. And she calls out to him and he's like, I'm in the maze and she's like, come Go out.
0: Come out. And he's like,
1: I'm lost.
0: And he's like, but don't come in. Because I don't know how to get out. And so she and gets a she's group like, of friends together. And she's like, it's six cardboard boxes. What's just, going
1: on? Yeah. And so some friends, So he's like, he tells her to friends to call. And she calls them. And then they tell some other people. And these people end up going into what is sort of a dungeon crawl adventure. It's,
0: it's a labyrinth. It is just it is
1: just this inside. It's this massive labyrinth. All of the sets and props and everything are made of cardboard or paper. Cardboard or paper. If and, someone. And every w-
0: once in a while, they'll walk into a room and everything will change. Like there's one time where they walk into a room and they're all turned into paper bag puppets.
1: Yeah. And there's no explanation given for it. You don't need an explanation for it. And, and it
0: is. It's. Funny. It's the funny. The actors are wonderful. And it's isn't? also
1: a horror movie. It has a great monster in it. There's a minotaur that's pursuing them through the maze that they have to figure out how to stop. And um yeah, it is a comedy. It's 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 a very light horror movie, but it's got some stuff in it that will stick with you. And we're not yeah. going to tell you what it is, but
0: it's fantastic. It is yeah. it is just so fascinating. It's
1: absolutely worth watching and it's kind of a lesser known film. So if you haven't seen it and you haven't heard us talking about it before, you're welcome. What's your next movie?
0: <laughs> um one that see there's a couple of them that are like so high up there but I feel like they're really well known. Right. Um I recently rewatched Misery and Was that on your list? Yeah. Let's talk about Misery then. Go ahead. Uh, So I recently rewatched it, and I feel like Misery holds up really well.
1: Oh, it does. Um, We were just earlier talking about toxic fandoms, (laughs) and uh, there's a poster child for toxic fandom right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because toxic fandom to me is when people within a fandom aren't satisfied with enjoying the final project, they feel like they should have input to the final product. Yeah and that's what and, misery and they have a is sense to me of
0: ownership, that uh-huh. that how dare you go somewhere other than yeah. how they feel it should be yeah and misery
1: yeah. is a great example of bad fandom
0: yeah and her hating hating like what he'd done to her favorite yeah, character yeah you my like, favorite character And how dare you write something that isn't her mm-hmm. this is trash i hate this yeah yeah um, and it's just uh, I love one of my my favorite things was uh, the elderly husband uh, the elderly sheriff and his wife. Oh, are kind yeah. of out looking for them. Um, but just I mean the uh, the tension of just being in that house with them mm-hmm. and those tiny moments that he has. Where right, he's when by someone himself. comes
1: to the door and maybe maybe he can do something, but does he dare? Yeah. What's he going to be? Pun- what's going to happen to him? Yeah, yeah. and. One of the things
0: and, I also really like is how um Annie is she's so unassuming physically. And Oh yeah. And she just seems like this, you know, oh, that little old lady that or the you know, the mid- middle yeah, aged woman. She's just that a lives middle aged woman who lives
1: next door. Who
0: looks mousy and frumpy and she is just fucking Hurtless and
1: and, and violent evil. and yeah. evil, and she will Kathy do Bates so amazing in that Yeah,
0: thing. she's fantastic.
1: I have a friend who, when he was young, got to go. I think it was Misery. Yeah, he has pictures of him on the set because he was writing for a little college or a oh. high school newspaper, and he got to spend a week on the set of Misery.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, what was your takeaway? Was there anything? Uh...
1: Um. Not really I think I was talking about how it is about toxic fandom it was written by Stephen King because that kind of thing had happened to him I mean not to that extent but people following him around and being like and just harassing him about well why don't you write another story about this or why don't you finish this yeah and I just think that it goes really well with what's going on in fandom today Today.
0: yeah so uh, what's your next movie?
1: Let's see. My next movie is gonna be a little thing called Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yeah,
0: I Fucking love that movie. <laughs> it, I don't know if I'm ever gonna be able to. It watch doesn't it again. take
1: place in a house so much as a bunker. Um, it's about a woman who ends up isn't she in a car she accident? A car she gets in a, accident. Gets in a car She's accident rescued. and a guy rescues her and brings her into the house and he's like. I'm you're gonna be okay, I have medical skills, and then he won't let her leave, yeah because he believes that there is an apocalypse outside. something horrible is happening, and he's got another guy that's in there with him, and the um the main character is played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and she's so good in it, yeah, and you go by and Also, it's got John Goodman in it, who is incredible in anything. And by turns, his character is the nicest guy. He's like
0: you thwart him in any way, and then he's Mm -hmm. terrifying. But then
1: he just becomes this giant, terrifying monster. And I I know people were mad because they're like, it's it's supposed to be a Cloverfield movie. It's not about a giant monster knocking down buildings. But in a way, it's scarier, because that's being trapped in a building with someone that is that is friendly to you one moment and terrifying to you the next, and even though he's not harming you, will not let you leave.
0: Yeah, there's a, there's a is, sense of peril the entire It gives spot. you this
1: amazing sense of peril and fear. And I absolutely love that movie. Um, it's got a great moodiness to it. And it's a good example of why you don't necessarily need a giant scary monster to make a movie frightening. Yep.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Um. My next movie is a really lesser-known movie, and it is Haunter. Oh, um, I haven't heard of it.
1: Tell me about it. It
0: is. It is kind of in the same sense as a, a Groundhog Day um it is kind of in that that vein where the day keeps happening over and over okay. again uh, but it's a girl who's trapped um and she it's like with with everything she's very much that goth girl from like 86 87 yeah
1: i know that girl we just saw and, her in piewacket <laughs>
0: <laughs> except just the sweeter version <laughs> well not too sweet because you know she she well, it's a little uh problematic with her but they just keep waking up in the house every day and it's her parents and her little brother and herself and it it has abigail breslin in it and um steven gosh it's gonna drive me nuts uh steven mccaddy i believe who um uh is just he's He's kind of the the bad guy in it, and you just get this like kind of rolling sense of unease and peril and threat from him. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's a an interesting take. It's it's kind of a ghost story. Well, it is a ghost story, um, and it's just. A, a really neat take on, uh, like, a serial killer and a ghost mm-hmm. story and uh, it the soundtrack, you know, the music, like, because it's, you know, the era in which she's from and the girl that she is. you yeah. like, oh, you're like, I was that teenage girl. Yeah. And uh, it's just fantastic. And it's like, nobody really talked about it when it came out, and it was just so amazing and fun.
1: Another movie that takes place in a house that I really love that's lesser known is a movie called The Baby's Room. Oh my god! It is a. <laughs> I love that movie is it so much. Spanish or it's, Argentinian? I'm is it, it's sure from it's Spanish. Southam- I think it's Spanish. I believe it's directed by the guy that directed Accion Mutante*. Yeah. Which uh, oh, I can't remember his name. He also did. Well, he's a great. He's a really good horror director, and most of his films. And he's
0: done a bunch of like kind of um, horror comedies.
1: Yeah, they are not great. <laughs> I saw. I've seen a couple do, of
0: like them. Witches, and He did
1: witchin and bitchin. He did the the
0: one that I want to see. Day of
1: the Beast, which is. Oh, my God, I love Day of the Beast. See, that's
0: the one I've always wanted to see, but I have to go to Scarecrow to get it, because it's not really... I haven't been able to find it anywhere I'll bring it, it over sometime. Else. Yeah, it's
1: only available on VHS. Yeah. It's
0: and a, it's a Ale- Spanish Alex VHS, so yeah, Alex de la Iglesia is yeah. his name.
1: And Alex de la Iglesia mostly does crazy over... or most of his films are crazy over the top. This one is a nice, quiet ghost story, where this guy yeah. is living in a house with his baby... They get a video camera baby monitor.
0: And start seeing things. And
1: he starts seeing things in the room with the baby. Yeah. And he goes in and there's nothing there. Yeah. And he keeps seeing, like, someone doing something to the baby. And he keeps going and there's no one there. And it kind of turns into sort of an alternate dimension. Yes. Or maybe a time travel movie. Yeah. Um, there's, And it's beautiful and it's subtle and... Um, it, it's, I really liked it. Yeah. I was surprised by it because I expected it to be, Yeah. It's, I expected it to be goofy and kind of have a comedy element, and it wasn't. It was
0: fa- Yeah, it's just fantastic. fantastic. And,
1: and it's on a collection called, like, Five Movies After Dark.
0: Yeah, so Six Films to Keep You Awake.
1: It's on the Six Films to Keep You Awake collection, and it did not keep me awake But I'm pretty sleepy, but it definitely was something that stuck in my memory as a really good horror film that a lot of people have not seen. Yeah,
0: yep. Going a, uh, you know, I don't know how many people have seen this. I mean, it was, I think, my number one film for last year, if I'm not mistaken, and that is uh, The Invitation.
1: Oh, that's one of my favorites, too.
0: I was blown away. And I walked into It's Karen Kasuma And she is also the director of Jennifer's Body, which I did hmm. not enjoy.
1: I didn't like Jennifer's Body that much either, but maybe I need to revisit it. I um, don't know. I just didn't, I didn't my, like it. My
0: issue with it primarily was uh, Diablo Cody's writing. And, you know, and there's a lot of people who... Love the way she writes in the same way that there's people out there yeah. who love or hate Joss Whedon's. I'm not a huge style. fan
1: of Diablo Cody, so maybe that's it. Yeah. Um, um. But let's talk about the invitation. The
0: invitation is is a far cry. It is just a very very different style. Mm-hmm. It's very very tense. It it is yeah, literally taking place. Uh, you start uh, out the movie as the drive to this dinner. Uh, that a man is going to with his current girlfriend, but he's uh, going to a dinner. He's gotten invi- invited to a dinner at his ex-wife's house.
1: And her ex. the ex-wife is As, there.
0: Has since remarried.
1: Mm-hmm. Her husband is there. There,
0: And it's getting together all of their old and, friends. Right,
1: and it's all the people that used to be in their social circle. circle. The ex-wife and part, the ex-husband. Yep. And
0: part of what drove them apart is the fact that the, a child they'd had had passed. Yeah. Uh, And it it ended their marriage. Right. Um, There was a lot
1: of... I think the child drowned in the bathtub or something. I don't remember how. But there was a lot of recrimination between them over whose fault fault it was. was.
0: Yep. And... But there is
1: just... So much tension. There is so much
0: tension. Um, And it lasts the whole movie. Right. Because more people will show
1: up and... And it just gets
0: worse right. and worse and worse. And
1: the reason I like it is because you if you're a person that has social anxiety, you've been to that party. <laughs> it's like you're sitting at a party and suddenly your brain says, but what if everyone in this party is really here to murder me? And then your brain starts coming up with reasons why everyone at the party has a reason to murder you. Yeah. And, and you get more and more paranoid and then you're like... I think I'm going to call in night early, guys. So, yeah, I, I love that movie because it makes you feel the tension you feel if you have social anxiety. And there is a stinger at the very end of the movie that <sighs> broke my heart. You know what I mean? Don't talk about it. Exactly we can't talk about it because it is the surprise it. ending. But, oh, my God, when you realize that the
0: mounting, like you've been tense and horrified the entire movie and as things happen and things continue to go wrong and people are horrible and then at the end it just takes it up a notch and, and you then the, and then the credits roll
1: right. and you're like you're standing
0: you're just sitting there
1: in shock i slack. loved it it was, it was fantastic yeah it was it's amazing. one of my favorite recent horror films too
0: yeah uh so what's your next one? Oh my god i don't know well i have quite
1: a few um, just give me
0: a minute. All right. Um, pressure,
1: pressure, pressure,
0: pressure, pressure, pressure. Another Spanish <laughs> film. I think <laughs> it's <laughs> Spanish.
1: Is wreck. It's an. It's See, unlike would... the other movies I've talked about, which are kind of story <laughs> I guess we're movies. we're Talk about
0: Rosemary's Baby. We can talk about wreck because it's in an apartment building. <laughs> it's many people's house.
1: Okay, we won't talk about wreck.
0: Well, we've talked about Wreck on other episodes, so it's not like Wreck isn't getting the love.
1: All right. (laughs) Then I'm out of movies. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's okay.
0: It was a misunderstanding. Well, I've got a a bunch that you probably When you said
1: movies that happen inside...
0: I said horror in a house.
1: (laughs) I assumed you meant one location, and then I could talk about... Horror Express or Chopping Mall. I
0: kind of wondered when you mentioned shopping mall.
1: Alright. <laughs> I've so, got a couple others, but they're things I've talked about so many times. Yeah, yeah. I mean um, the I haunting.
0: Was, I was gonna bring up haunting as the apex of yeah. like horror in a house. Horror it is just so fantastically done. And I am I am still I'm going to also recommend Haunting uh, Haunting of Hill House. Um It is a very, very different take of The Haunting, but I think it's a very respectful and loving variant of it.
1: It's an homage to The Haunting. Yes. Let's put it that way. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But uh, The Haunting is just, it's just fantastic, and everybody's trapped inside that house together. And it's just, it's just wonderful, and everybody should watch it.
1: And read it. And read it. I am just about to start reading it, in fact. (laughs) uh let's see what else have i got have i got something here i have your next which almost
0: entirely takes place in the house there is a slight uh there's a beginning as they're driving up to the house to go see the family and then there's one kill that happens at a neighbor's but almost entirely it takes place in the house with the family because basically when, like, even one sister tries to run out of the house, um, bad things happen. So. All right.
1: <laughs> well, then, what about Get Out? That happens... It's
0: almost entirely in that house, It's almost yeah.
1: entirely in that house, and it is a terrifying movie. It's
0: fantastic.
1: I mean, I know that it's probably a scarier movie per people... Of color or it's scary in a different way yeah but i think what makes it such a great horror film is that it is effective for everyone, everyone. um i've seen that idea done before there have been other horror movies with the same basic plot element mm-hmm. but this one it really brings together a lot of current fears it brings together fears of being betrayed by someone that you love yeah um because of the way that his girlfriend is all oh i love you so much and, and so it's got the betrayal of by someone you love it's got the horror of a human being being auctioned off yeah um it's yeah it's got the horror of being out of being unable to control what's going on with your own body, yeah. which is a great thing yeah. at, in horror films. Um, yeah, it, it hits so many different places that it's just an amazing horror film. Um, I absolutely love it, and I am super excited to see what anything else, else that yeah yeah what else. Uh, he does. Peel does. Jordan yeah. Peele,
0: yeah, he's talked about doing a new variant of uh, the Twilight Zone. Um, it sounds like he's yeah. even moving into producing and getting other yeah. people. That's uh,
1: going to be awesome because we need more more voices in horror that aren't old that aren't white guys. <laughs> Yes. There's a lot more... I mean, there have always been some women that were horror, that did horror directing, yeah. but the really good films by female horror directors are kind of few and bar, far, far between. between. Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: Um, I think what I'm going to have is... I mean, there's, you know, Poltergeist, which all takes place. Pretty yes. much in the one house. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've pretty much lovingly covered that in so many other
1: episodes. Yeah. But I'm going to bring we, up... Poltergeist uh, 2 is really good, too. Yeah. Also takes place in a house. These people have the worst luck with real estate. They really do.
0: Their entire family does because then they, you know, they get into a condo. I'm I'm one of the people, well, people that I no, actually really I actually really like three.
1: I love Poltergeist three. <laughs> but yeah, that's not the whole family though. That's the know, little girl. I, she goes into foster care or something.
0: No, she's a uh, goes to visit her uncle.
1: Oh, jeez, that poor kid.
0: <laughs> that, that, that poor I'm, kid, yes. In real
1: life, too, because no. she passed away from some and terrible it, sickness. It was
0: uh, her kidneys failed. And uh, the sad mm-hmm. thing is is uh, they didn't quite realize, uh, and it could have have it yeah. been prevented. Um, but they kept thinking it was something else. Right. Um, the last movie I'm going to talk about is another kind of lesser known. Um, and doesn't entirely take place in the house. Uh, there's a
1: movie called Honeymoon.
0: That and is mostly
1: takes place in the woods.
0: Does it mostly take place? I, I, there's spend
1: some time in the house, but I seem to remember all the.
0: I remember. I remember. Well, there's a point in the evening where she runs out into the woods, and he like goes and finds her and brings her back. I remember most of the. Yeah, there's a lot of the there's arguing.
1: a lot of outdoors, but well, then that's never okay. Won't. Nope, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> this is our most argumentative <laughs> podcast ever, So that's not no, in the house. That doesn't qualify. Um, there is a movie. Called the Haunting of Hell House that stars Roddy McDowell. I fucking love that movie. And it's the same exact premise as the Haunting. It's written by Charles Block, I believe, or Richard Matheson, one it, or the is that other. Is it
0: Richard Matheson?
1: I think. Yeah, it might be Richard Matheson based on a story by Charles by a Block, <laughs> Robert Block, who did Psycho. Um, but it's a lot of fun. It's one of those group of investigators called to a terribly haunted house, but unlike the haunting, which is vague, because whatever is haunting Hill House is the energy of Hill House. I feel like Hill House is kind of haunting itself with all of the energy of the memories. In the haunting of Hill House, it's a very specific ghost, and as they investigate the haunting, they find out the horrible backstory, and I enjoy that a lot, too. And it has kind of a sense of humor, but it's not a comedy. Did you it's find just, out who did it? Was It It Robert was Madison. Oh. I don't know why I think of Robert Block. I guess because all of his stories have that kind of feel to them. Yeah. They always have a weird punchline at the end.
0: <laughs> uh, the last... I, I don't really have anything really to say, but the other two that I was like, oh, I should kind of wanted to talk about was um, The Last Will and Testament of Rosalind Lee, which I really like. It's very stylized. It feels kind of like a stage play. It is pretty much just one man kind of talking to himself and remembering things. And the other one is, um, you know, the other one doesn't entirely take place in the house, so I'm not even going to What, what is what is it? it. What is it?
1: Don't breathe. Oh, it's a
0: it's a home invasion from the it's a story about my
1: asthma is what it is. <laughs>
0: Hi, Maggie. Hello, sweet kitty. But a lot of it takes place outside, so I'm, I'm dropping it. In. No. That's okay. Maggie teclis has... brushing her teeth, which... Tecla's brushing her teclis, teeth. Teclis. Maggie has
1: come into the living room to bonk her head on the table.
0: To hit her face in the things, because that's how she shows her love.
1: Should I love you, table. I know, I can hear her purring as she bonks her head into the table leg. What a silly cat. Yes. So why don't we do next week's podcast on <laughs> horrors that takes place indoors but not necessarily in a house because I already have that list. We could do horror in one location. Single location horror because that's what I thought we were doing.
0: Well, and then you've done all the prep.
1: I've done some prep, yeah. <laughs> and single location horror like one of my films takes place on a train. So it is a single location, but it's a moving location. But yeah. I think it still counts. I think it does. Nobody gets off the train except the Cossack. We're still gonna argue. We're still gonna argue <laughs> about it. I know. I can't believe how grumpy we both <laughs> are this week. That doesn't count. You You're can't count that. She's mostly in the woods. She comes into a house for a. F- I guess they I'll rent a they house. Don't read the Latin. <laughs> yes, where two older ladies complain. That should
0: be like our (laughs) bylaw
1: Don't read the Latin (laughs) Where menopause meets meat cleavers Don't read the Latin Can be found at Dontreadthelatin.com On Twitter At DRTLpodcast on Tumblr or
0: at facebook.com slash don't read the Latin.
1: Please rate us on iTunes and tell your friends and themes about us. We're dying to meet them. <laughs>